I love that. Do yeah. you like that? That's great. And if I say totally something fine. stupid, I'll just... You're, of course, okay. just take it out. it out. Yeah. No, the accent just, you know, it does a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they cool. get people to listen somehow. <laughs> Do not adjust your headsets, listeners. Prescription Sound, episode 15, coming at you. As you know already, this is your friendly neighborhood host, Drew. And if you didn't know that already, then where have you been? You've got some catching up to do. Well, not only is today's topic extremely important, but once again, you'll be getting two guests for the price of one. Now, you may very well know of a loved one who is suffering from osteoarthritis, a truly debilitating condition with very limited treatment options. Here at Scripps Research, we are changing that outlook. I speak with both lead scientist Christian Johnson, who's developed a regenerative therapy for this disease, as well as Maria Milan, the CEO of CIRM. Now, CIRM is the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine, which has partnered with Scripps Research to fund this transformative work. So, to start with, let's hear from Maria and find out why she was so passionate about joining CIRM. My background is, is actually a, as a transplant surgeon. So I was a, a, a surgeon who had a real interest in pushing forward frontiers. So I was in transplantation because at that time it was how you applied immunology to solve devastating diseases, including end organ failure. But that's not the only reason. It was extremely gratifying to um, treat patients and to be able to do something so dramatic. So that's where I got a taste for the possibility of regenerative medicine and so it almost was a natural extension for me even though it seems like a huge leap to go from being a surgeon out to biotech and then to leading a a nonprofit agency such as CIRM uh, in terms of mission and interest it was a natural extension of how you take biology to solve unmet medical needs. And it's such a huge space now with the regenerative uh, medicine so what areas has CIRM really kind of focused its attention on? Pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, we funded over 51 clinical trials in 34 disease areas, from rare diseases all the way to diabetes, stroke, heart disease, as well as osteoarthritis, which is a, you know, when you think about it, it is an unmet medical need still, which is it's so prevalent that we almost kind of accept that people are just going to have, you know, loss of uh, quality of life and productivity and, you know, live with pain and then, you know, have secondary consequences. And so to be able to um, support a program such as the KA34 program is really gratifying because it I'm not going to talk about the science because we have the scientists here, but it does uh, capitalize on the biology to deal with the underlying condition. Right. Yeah. So just before we get into the science, um, I remember in the panel discussion just now, you were talking about how some was in this unique space and that it was a California state kind of initiative. So maybe you could describe a bit about that and how it's being a leading example for the field. Sure. CIRM was formed in 2004 by a voter-initiated bond uh, that was uh, dedicated to stem cell research. And that, the reason that that occurred was in 2004, there were federal restrictions on stem cell research, and that was just less than 10 years from the discovery of the human embryonic stem cell. The human embryonic stem cell captured the imagination of many who are thinking about these devastating diseases that they and their loved ones are going through. The idea that one's able to take cells out, put it in a dish, uh, use it to study disease, potentially use it to um, treat disease because they could be uh, expanded, differentiated, and potentially used for transplant, really was very compelling. It was very early, 
and the uh, citizens of California and the scientists and other advocates knew if you didn't work on it, nothing was going to happen mm-hmm. with it. So CERM's invested over $2.6 billion in stem cell research and has really been a leader in the field. It's the largest funder of stem cell regenerative medicine as a whole platform, um, especially in, in translational and clinical trials. We've also funded infrastructure to facilitate basic discoveries such as the world's largest um, stem cell bank, induced pluripotent stem cell bank. Yeah, God, it's such an amazing bank having it thousands is, of it's cells. It's amazing. I mean, California and, you know, the Scripps and others who are here are all part of this. This is, It was a team effort between the patients, the scientists, the institutions that have been funded, the investigators mm-hmm. who've been funded. We're all in this together. It's just a really great team to be on. Yeah. It really is. And Kristen, you are one of the ones leading this team. So before we get into uh, K34, could you give us a brief summary of your role at Caliber and how you even got kind of interested in working in this space? Yeah, so so I'm one of the principal investigators at Caliber. I've been there since 2016. Uh, I actually um, have was working with Pete Schultz over at uh, GNF mm-hmm. um, early on, so got really interested in drug discovery quite early in my career. And prior to that, um, I actually was working at UCSD um, in a rheumatologist lab, and so quite interested in terms of, granted, we didn't just only look at osteoarthritis, we looked at all aspects of musculoskeletal disease, but that kind of really sparked my interest in terms of, you know, these patients, um, there we were studying just all of the degenerative disease, you know, what is, what is this disease? Not necessarily how could you treat it, but really thinking more, what are all the pathological changes? You know, what are they suffering with? How does it affect the bone, the cartilage, etc.? Um, and so that's what really kind of sparked my interest to, to move forward and, and move into more of the, the drug discovery realm. Yeah. And when we talk about osteoarthritis, I think people brought up that really there aren't any good treatments for it. It's just very basic symptom management. I think mm-hmm. 50% of patients end up needing to have a joint replacement uh, anyway. So uh, Kristen, how does K34 fit into this treatment paradigm? Yeah, so it could completely change the landscape. And that's what's so exciting. I think with, you know, as Maria said, you know, just with the, the discovery, so to speak, of stem cells and like their function in the joint, uh, we know now that they go up in aging, they actually go up in injury, they're trying to repair, yeah. right? And so so there's a role for them. And this is where, you know, when we found the initial discovery, like, hey, we can actually take a small molecule, we can actually push or direct the differentiation of those molecules down the right state. That's when we had published the initial paper. Um, and, and then that's actually when CERN partnered with us um, mm-hmm. right after that first. So it's not just this current award, which is funding our, our phase one study. They, we've actually had four separate awards from CERN to move through the identification of K34, the formulation, the actual manufacturing, and all that stuff has been in you know largely in part funded by CERN. And so it's been a great partnership for us um, in order to just move this you know discovery forward. KA34, the novel drug developed by Kristen and her colleagues, is a unique small molecule that only activates certain specialized stem cells which reside in the joint. These stem cells, termed progenitor cells, have the potential to be differentiated or transformed into new healthy cartilage cells. So KA34 has the power to repair the damaged cartilage, prevent further inflammation, and restore function to the working joint. 
And so, so the beauty of that is, is it gives us, you know, a specificity of healthy cartilage because what's happening with all the other progenitors in the joint is unfortunately they just keep differentiating. They keep differentiating all the way into like a bone-like cell. And so, so people who are getting surgical techniques right now where you may have heard of microfracture worked great uh, for the first two to three years. <laughs> Many patients will do this still, unfortunately, but within three to five years, they're, they're back in pain. And it's because mm-hmm. they do get repair, but it's, 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 you know, think of it as a scar. It's a very weak, inferior tissue issue. Um, and so that was critical when we were looking for, for KA34 was to find, are we directing the right type of differentiation from the stem cells? In terms of how this particular uh, molecule interacts and then directs the biology down a path, mm-hmm. that's spectacular. That is so elegant. And that's where CIRM has been like transforming for scientists because as we understood that every tissue has a progenitor, Right? Yeah. We don't even have to classify it more than a progenitor. It, that's something that we on the drug discovery side said, aha, like if I can understand how, what's the specific role for that, why does it change in disease? Now we actually had an opportunity to begin investigating early stage type approaches. Could we even modulate this with a therapeutic approach, whether it be a cell therapy itself or actually a small molecule or a biologic? I think the other great thing that CIRM does and that has done with our programs, and I know you do with others, is actually to provide advice, mm. right? In terms of we have um, regular meetings with our scientific officer um, that's, you know, from CIRM, right? It's not just like, all right, are you meeting your milestones? Yeah, that's critical. But it's also, okay, what challenges are you experiencing? Possibly you, maybe you should be looking at this. We yes, have we have advisory mm-hmm. panels. Yeah, we have advisory panels. are called clinically, well, at least for where we are with this award, mm-hmm. they're clinical advisory panels. It's, it's it's always been a great interaction for us. Um, you know, so there are experts that are experts in osteoarthritis. There's patient advocates that come in as well. So we get that patient perspective. So these are tools that, yes, we can access those things on our own, but to have a partner that's not only willing to help with the funding, but also to help guide the science is is great. And that's something that other agencies don't do, yeah. for instance. Yeah, yeah that's so yeah. cool to hear because it's not just the financial investment. It's right. actually investment in the process, in it the is. success, the yes. guidance. And that must just and really be... And it's the be... knowledge aggregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this particular program has done really, really well. There are some programs that, you know, they're, they're doing well, but they, they may hit a challenge. They may... And so to have advisors who could actually come in and help mm-hmm. solve the problem, um, as well as to have familiarity with the FDA and recent mm-hmm. guidances and have, you know, that kind of relationship... Mm-hmm. There is a huge value in that and bringing that value proposition to our programs. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's definitely just ne- the network that has been created through CIRM is is, is pretty broad, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, from, from many aspects. So it's, our it's ecosystem. Really good. Yeah. Of which scripts is a really important part of it. And it's really great to hear about that vision of acceleration and collaboration. Speaking of that collaborative aspect, um, Kristen, I wanted to get your take. You know, what's unique about that scripts caliper joint venture that's allowed you to take that drug from you know conception and now all the way into mm-hmm. kind of clinical trials. Yeah. Caliber was actually built as a separate nonprofit and we've got the high throughput screening, we've got medicinal chemists, we've got, you know, basic biologists as well as those, you know, we've many of us were actually trained in industry, um, forced, so to speak, to collaborate. <laughs> like we are so compared to the traditional academic model and not trying to pick on them. I think after being in industry for nine years, I forgot that they don't like to collaborate. Whereas mm. if, if on the industry side, 
you have to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the the unique piece of Caliber. And so now right across the street is, you know, the Scripps Research Institute, right, which is a world-renowned uh, research. So partnering that, being able to take those basic discoveries and have a seamless interaction, right, and being able to educate, you know, that's part of what drew me back to the nonprofit sector is just the openness of discussions, you know, the ability to be a little more nimble than a larger company and to make those decisions. That's what takes things that like K34, which is honestly is out of the box to say, okay, I think there's a progenitor in the joint. If you kind of back up, you know, when we started this project, I think there's something there. And I think we're going to inject a small molecule and see if we can change how the stem cells differentiate. I mean, big pharma was pretty much Mm -hmm. against that from the beginning when it started because it's just so crazy. So those ideas that are normal, you know, in the academic world to be able to have a building where we can actually then do whatever it needs to be done, right? Because we've got all the capabilities is really what the power, I would say, of Scripps Research yeah. is now that Caliber and, you know, Eric Topol's Translational Institute, um, really all together. Um, that's what's going to move things forward. And, you know, it's going to be exciting to see, like, what what's, you know, what's the next set of projects that are coming out? You know, we haven't even touched upon, like, all the early stage projects that, that yeah. are coming in the next, hopefully, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was good to hear you say that because when I interviewed Arnav Chatterjee from Caliber, uh, he said exactly the same, you know, sometimes it's just as little as that conversation with somebody to work out, you know, what they're doing and can we collaborate, is there an opportunity here and yeah, having events like this I think really helps. So with K34, where are we at in the therapeutic development and what's what's next? Yeah, so we're in phase one. So we've got a, a safety and tolerability study. Like we mentioned, um, CIRM is the, the major uh, funding source for that. It's a 60-patient study in early osteoarthritis patients. So these are not people with severe disease. Um, and the part to do that, the reason we chose to do that is, is to try to begin to group a similar set of patients. This is a huge barrier in previous OA studies. Mm-hmm. And also, too, um, that allows us to get some data in terms of, you know, there's still a lot of progenitors there at that point, and there's still a lot of cartilage. What we don't know is it's a patient that has no cartilage left at the very end. There are stem cells there, but how effective is that going to be? So okay. moving into patients where there's lots of cells in general, lots of cartilage that is remaining, but yet these patients are suffering, right, is a, is a good place to start. So far, everything looks great. We haven't had any significant or severe adverse events that are related to K34. Recruitment's going fine. We're we're on the timeline is moving really well. We actually um, are aiming to finish all of the dosing by the end of 2019. And it'll take us another like eight to 10 months to basically aggregate all the data. Um, We're looking at different biomarkers um, that we've seen uh, modulated by K34 in animal models. And then we're doing some exploratory biomarker work as well. Um, Our collaborator at Scripps Research, and actually our clinical advisor on the program, Martin Lotz, his group is actually already has methods to isolate that from synovial fluid in the joint and in the plasma. And we've already got some candidate markers that we're pretty excited about to be able to then get those from patients. All that is is going on. And then in parallel, what, what the Caliber team is also doing is we're preparing for the phase two. And so we're making an extended release formulation, as well as we are, you know, again, with this biomarker work, that'll really help us plan for dosing, um, expanded patients uh, that we'll be moving into, and, and we'll see where, where it takes us. But yeah, but yeah so it's, it's looking great so far. We're really yeah, excited. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. It's going to be changing the lives of so many people. It will. And I think that the key thing about this is why it's transformative is that it's not just symptomatic and with more durable um, formulations. That and you're thinking about 
less frequent right. treatments. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few treatments right now where they'll go in on a similar injection schedule to what we're planning you, like three to four times a year mm-hmm. once we have this. But all that is doing is alleviating pain. Yeah. And that's an important thing. In fact, there's a new uh, pain uh, therapy for like, you know, all musculoskeletal, like back and knee and et cetera, that's, that Big Pharma is developing looks great. But <laughs> that's all it's doing, right? Mm-hmm. So the, you know, the exciting part about K34 is we might actually be able to, you know, prevent or possibly even reverse osteoarthritis. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, it's, it'll be critical, the next steps in terms of how do we, how do we measure this, et cetera, and what mm-hmm. are we seeing in the next set of patients, right? But, but the potential is there. And so, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of exciting work that should be done in the next few years. Amazing to hear about root cause solutions versus just pain management. Very powerful stuff, and this is so promising for patients with this condition. That just about wraps things up here, so I'd like to thank both my guests today, Kristen and Maria, for a wonderful discussion. Check the show notes for more resources about the osteoarthritis program here at Scripps Research, as well as links to CIRM. And if you're feeling generous, remember to share this episode with any humans that you know, hit subscribe, and leave us a review. We'll be back soon with more research updates, so until we meet again, goodbye, and be well.